Welcome to Gross Anatomy. We are live. I'm a little low energy today. I'm tired. I've been up all night. Well, not all night, but I was up late last night. Low energy Dr. Cohen. Yes, today I'm kind of low energy. Who did Donald Trump call low energy, low energy Hillary? Isn't, did he? I think so. I know. I thought he, he called her Crooked Hillary. Oh, maybe. Maybe she had multiple nicknames. Did she? I didn't know there was a low energy somebody. There's a low energy somebody. I don't remember. Today it's you. I didn't pay attention. Yes, today I'm low energy. This podcast needs your spirit, Dr. Cohen. So do I need to rev it up, ramp <laughs> yeah. it up? So we're live. Is that what you're saying? We're live. We're live with Gross Anatomy? Yes. There you go. I'm revving it up, <laughs> ramping it up. How's that? Volume, voice. There we go. It's brilliant. Is it good? Mm-hmm. It's just water. I'm just drinking water today. It's Passover, so I'm, maybe that's why I'm eating not much. So... Uh, welcome to Gross Anatomy. Welcome, everyone. Where we discuss the sights, smells, and sounds of medicine and how it relates to pop culture and movies and TV. Oh, I had a guy just randomly, totally jumping ahead out of nowhere. I had a... So I run this... Have we ever discussed this on this on our podcast, that I run this pre-med program? No, this is different than the students that you help. No, it's a student oh, thing. Yes, yeah. we've talked about. We have. So I run mm-hmm. a pre-med program. So one of my former students from our last class, who actually, after finishing the pre-med program, has I think she has come to realize that she doesn't want to go into medicine, which actually is a success. Believe it or not, that's one of the things we tell our students. Oh yeah, yeah. I've asked you about that. Like, what are the percentages? And you say most go into medicine. Right. So some, one decided no. Yeah, uh, there's there's always a couple that realize they don't necessarily want to go into medicine or don't want to be doctors. And one of the things we tell our students is we consider it a total success if they figure that out now rather than halfway through or all the way through and they're like, holy crap, why did I become a doctor? And then a lot of debt. Right. So this one who's already been in entertainment a little bit, so who who um, somehow met some guy who's writing for The Good Doctor. What? Yeah. And... He asked her, she asked him if he wanted to contact me. And so he and I talked on the phone yesterday while I was at the supermarket. You're just uh, he's a young blowing writer. me away with this information. Yeah, he's a young writer on The Good Doctor. So I think he just, I, I don't think there's anything. He wanted to pick your brain? Yeah, for like wow. ideas for the show. But I don't think there's anything in it for me. Like there's no, there's, there's no, no Emmy. Fee? I don't think there's going to be an Emmy for <laughs> there it. There could be. Maybe there's an Emmy for us. Yeah, you're right, a writer. Exactly. So. So I talked to this guy, so I'm the good doctor. And then I told him, hey, you got to listen to our podcast. After we were talking, I'm like, you know, we did a podcast on the good doctor. We did. So hopefully he's going to listen to it. I don't know if he is. And we're maybe going to talk again over the weekend. And somehow I have to figure out where my Emmy is in all of it. You have an idea? Probably no. nothing you want to share on there. Right, exactly. But I have no ideas. Oh. But, you know, one I thing I was, when, while I was talking to him, you know, I was kind of feeling like I had to sell myself. I was trying to, like, listen to myself talk to him. And I feel like... I sounded like a jerk a little bit, I think. I sounded a little jerky to myself, like I was self... What's the word? You know, when you're kind of step outside yourself and listen to yourself? Oh, you're... No, uh, I was critiquing myself, and I'm like, I wouldn't want to talk to this guy. Uh, I don't know. I didn't like the way I was sounding. But yeah. maybe it's just I, the mood I was in. I don't know. I think we all do that a little bit. Yeah. Right? Like when I talk to you doing this, I think, wow, this guy's the coolest guy in the entire world. <laughs> Everybody. But for some reason, when I was talking to this guy on the phone, I was like... He should listen to the podcast because right now I'm not on. I don't know. Uh, See, even though I'm tired, I feel like I'm back on with but you. But it's a different element. I mean, mm-hmm. not all. I mean, you've done that kind of work before, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not in a long time. Right. So we'll see. I'm sure it's going to amount to a big zero. 
But it was still kind of fun. I don't know. Nobody knows. Maybe not. Maybe you know, nobody knows. So uh, what are we doing today? Now I can't think about anything but you being a, a consultant or writing for the good doctor. Yeah, I'm not doing awesome. anything for the good and doctor. And we would do a podcast just you go. on that. Right. But all right, that's yeah. for later. That's for later. Because I think something's going to happen with it. Oh, tons. All right, we mm-hmm. did get... Emmy. Oh, what? I'm going to start writing my acceptance speech. Good, perfect. Good. Before. And then I'll get the EGOT. <laughs> what are you going to get a Grammy for? Oh, Spoken word? No, I'm, gonna, I'm singing in the OR. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Actually, it's funny. Yesterday or the day before, I don't know. It was yesterday. I must confess. It's not a confession. I think we've talked about it, too. I like to sing in the operating room while I operate. This we have not talked we about. We haven't talked. So I, I'm not allowed to sing at home. My wife and kids are totally embarrassed by me. They can't stand me. They don't like my singing. But when I'm in the operating room... For lack of a better term, to some degree, the surgeon's the captain of the ship, uh, even though really no, the nurses are and the anesthesiologists are. But to some degree, the surgeon's still kind of the captain of the ship. So they nobody stops me from singing when I sing in the operating room. And even some people kind of encourage me and say that they enjoy it. When I tell my wife that, she's like, oh, yeah, they're just, you know, you know, giving you the respect that you're supposed to get. Um but so she doesn't like your singing. She doesn't like it. <laughs> nor does one scrub tech who has been at the hospital where I've been since the beginning, which is almost 20 years. I've been working with her from time to time since then. And she doesn't, she's the only one who really tells me, no, you can't sing. You are not a good singer. You're bad. <laughs> and it's weird because a lot of other people tell me I'm okay. And even like on Passover, we were singing, you know, some. Some family members tell me I'm okay, but maybe they're all just lying to me to make me feel good. So I was operating yesterday with this uh, one particular scrub yeah. tech, and it was her birthday. Okay. And so I started singing a little bit, and I said, it's for your birthday. <laughs> and she kind of tolerated it for the only time I kind of tricked her into thinking, for your birthday, I'm going to sing, even though she hates my singing. And she was kind of okay with that. I don't know why I'm talking about that at all. Um, why are we talking about that? What do you that? sing a lot of Oh, that's my Grammy. Oh, yeah. There's yeah, my yeah, Grammy. Yeah. yeah, singing in the OR. Uh, I do like to sing Sinatra, but then even 80s or Billy Joel or Elton John and all that good stuff. Do you play the piano? Do you play any instruments? I learned how to play guitar a little bit as a little <laughs> kid, silent. but I was awful. Uh-huh. And my I never really got past Frog when a courtin. All right. And he did right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's about as far as I got. I like I like the singing. Some people probably find it soothing. Some people Others. hate Most hate it. Okay. Yeah. I think your family would be honest with you, though. They're honest. But some people like it. I don't know. But maybe they're just being nice to me. So what are we talking about today? Um, besides egotting, right. we have a question today. We have a question. We do. And this is um, kind of about time management. Well, yeah. It is. And okay. it's from a former student of mine, too. So, Should we reveal that or no? He yes. was one of my pre-med students. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great kid. All right. Mm-hmm. So, he wants to know, what are some time management skills or routine tips that you've learned over the years and find useful? Absolutely nothing. No, I am have- awful <laughs> with time management. I'm, I'm the worst. I'm always That can't be true. Late. You are very busy. I'm very busy. But you get so much done. I get a little bit you done. You must have some kind of... A tip you can provide. Um, the reality. So, I envy some of my partners and friends who are really good at being on time, always and prompt. I do try with my kids, like with school in the morning and things that they have to go to. I really try to stress to them that on time isn't on time. 
early is on time. That's something I really try to stress with them. You know, like when we get to school, we get there a little early. That's on time, not not showing up on time. I am someone, and my wife too, we're perpetually late. Uh, I think we take turns being the worst of the two of us. In fact, I think we were late to our wedding. Um, we're really bad, and I've always been bad. But I, I, I try to be better. Um, I often will try to, like, if we're traveling, I will lie to my family and tell them that our flight is actually, you know, later than it is, so that. No, I tell them that it's earlier than it is, so that um, we show up. We get there and there's less stress, you know, and being being late. But time management, I think one of my partners does it. I don't really do it. I try to do it in my head, but my memory's disappearing. He keeps a list. I, I think keeping lists is imp- like a to do, a constant to do list. Okay. I think it is very, very, like very. Like on his phone. Is that yeah, he okay. keeps it on his phone. I try to keep it running in my brain. Occasionally, like when I know there's a lot going on, I will text myself things that I want to do and have to do and remember and then I'll look at the text that I sent to myself I'll be I'll be like where's that thing and I'm like and I look up my text to myself that that's one of my things that I do but it's really hard time management and I, and I think it's a it's a skill and a gift and one thing that I I've read about is meetings you know people always people love to have meetings and they love to have long meetings and I think the reality is is we don't really need to have long meetings. I think a lot of those things could be done in just five minutes and you really only need to... So that's one thing, like I've booked with people, like if we're meeting, I'll be... It, it doesn't need to be an hour meeting. It's a, I let's agree. meet for five minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that I read in the Steve Jobs book that I really liked was he did a lot of his meetings walking. It has nothing to do with time management, but it just having to do with being efficient and carrying on me he, he would like say let's go for a walk with someone mm-hmm. so I don't know if we've ever done it when we were working together uh, I don't think so but I like to with the staff sometimes in our practice I'll say come down with me in the elevator and I'll make them walk across the bridge to the hospital to me w- with me and that'll be our meeting and they don't realize that that's the meeting it's but, like an elevator but that's pitch. the meeting it's like get a to little the, bit get to the meat of it what yeah, is it a little bit I think that's something that's important is is having less meetings um and then i mean we're all slave to our electronic devices but trying not to be a slave to your electronic device there's this guy tim ferris have you do you know yeah. who tim ferris is this is a very successful podcast super successful yeah. podcast but also books i mean he wrote mm-hmm. the four hour work week right. which is something that i think all of us should strive for and i'm envious and i wish i could figure out a way to do a four-hour work week as a surgeon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, one surgery takes sometimes four hours, and so that wouldn't work. But one thing that he talks about is with emails and texting, he has like a set... I I can't do it with texting, but with emails, like I tell people, if you want to email me, you can, but don't anticipate a return for maybe even a week. And I, and I really try to limit when I look at emails and I really try to limit my Instagram. We were just talking about it. It's become this major suck. But I really try to avoid spending too much time too often on that and really try to save it for, you know, unless I'm walking in the hall or something, I save it for the morning or the evening as much as possible. Oh. What? I wanted to talk about this. Did you hear about the woman that came out of a coma after 27 years? No. Where was I that? What was, was that? How come you didn't give me that one first? I think it was she was in a German hospital. I can't believe more people aren't even 
talking about this. This is a current thing? Yes, this is a current thing. She got in a, coma, a car crash in 1991. She was, like, shielding her son. She saved his life, but she's been in a coma ever since, and she just woke up. And With a brain? With yes. fun- brain function? Apparently. Like, talking? Apparently, she's, like, she said her son's name was the first thing that she said. Wow. Like, it's almost, This is a true story. This is a true story. I don't believe it. That's... See, even my reaction. Yeah. Uh, my husband told me this, and I, like, had to go down this rabbit hole. I was like, that sounds like a movie. I've never heard... It's going to be a movie. I mean, I know... It will be a movie. But apparently it's very rare to uh, come out yeah. of coma after Especially that Especially after that much time. Yeah, 27 yeah. years. Although there are people who are kept, you know, on co- in comas, but... But apparently, yeah, I guess if the longer they're in a coma, the more likely they are to die from that coma. I don't really know anything about... Well, the reason they would die, they wouldn't so much die from the coma, but when they're in a coma, they're not moving, and, and they're just much more prone and susceptible to infections. illnesses and uh-huh. infections and diseases. So that's amazing. Yeah, apparently her son's just been adamant about her care, and she really came to... I don't know... I guess they're like working on like getting her to sit upright, and I don't know how much of her... Mental function yeah, was there. Right. Wow. It didn't go into that. But yeah. it said that she is talking. Yeah. Well, occasionally you hear those stories. Uh, you know, coma, um, there's the whole coma scale of, of what a coma is and, and what then brain death is. And, you know, coma is very different from brain dead. Someone could be in a coma but still have full brain function. Well, not full brain function, but brain function. Um, and they're still alive. Where someone could be brain dead, whereas their body is still working, their heart's still pumping, but the brain itself is no longer um, functioning. Um, and some people would say, well, they're in a coma too, but no, they're brain dead. And, and those are the people who become organ donors who they take off life support. Right. Um, Have you ever encountering a patient that came out of a coma like after like a few days or even a non I know there's medically induced comas that happen a lot right, but you probably right. dealt with a lot and and sometimes you don't know what's the medically induced part of the coma or the coma because coma just means that um, your level of brain function is below a certain scale you know we scale it from I haven't done that stuff in a long time. I believe it's 1 to 15, not 1 to 13. And there's eyes, motor, verbal. Those are the three things. Eye movement, motor movement, and verbal movement. And I think anything, and and I forgot, one of them is you could get, so if it's out of 15, I think each one is 1 to 5. And you really can't get less than a 3. I think a 3 is, I don't remember. But... Um, so 15 is someone who's totally normal and awake and fully functional, unless it is unless it is out of 12. Well, whatever that number is fully... And then I think less than 8 or 9... God, I'm so ignorant. It's, it's amazing how much stuff we forget. Less than 8 or 9 is considered being in a coma um, based on whatever those things that are moving and responsive to stimuli. Okay. So... Yes, I've seen tons, you know, any trauma patient, any critically ill patient often may be in a coma. And I remember actually when I was in my training back in New York, we had a kid who had a, who was from a family of firefighters. They were the coolest family and friends and family. And they were all there, this amazing family. And this kid had had a a spleen injury that was treated without surgery. It was just, I don't know why I remember it, because he survived. And he was sick in the intensive care unit for weeks upon weeks. And he eventually made, and he was in a coma. 
mm-hmm. and he eventually made it and had a full recovery. Wow. And then I remember seeing him and his family, you know, later on, and it was just such an amazing thing. Did he say anything about the coma? Like, did they... I don't did... remember... I. I didn't. I don't remember talking to him about yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be more information that comes about out about this woman. And you'll let us know next week. Yeah, yeah. But it seems more like she might have woken up just like she was in the car crash. Yeah, so that's what I'm wondering. Like, what goes? Amazing. What can they like? What goes through their mind for 27 years? What right. Can... There have been movies like that. Yeah. Right. But uh, yeah, I've never heard about it in right. real life. Awakenings. What's that? Who's Although that's that? not coma. That's with Robin Williams and Robert De Niro. What happens? He's. There, these are people who are in this vegetative state, um, and then Robin Williams. It's based on a true story. Robin Williams' character, the name of the doctor is Oliver Sacks, I think. Um, it's a great, really cool movie. De Niro plays one of these patients that's kind of like in this vegetative state. Um, Robin Williams somehow realizes that there's some medicine that he could give that kind of wakes these people up, wow. and they went from being vegetative to. All of a sudden, being alive. That was real. Based on a true story. Oliver Sacks was a pretty amazing researcher, scientist, and I think neurologist back in New York. Neurologist or psychiatrist. I think they go back into their vegetative states, I think. I I don't really remember in real life how it ends. Okay. And I'm Dr. Jason Cohen, and we didn't introduce ourselves today. Oh, and I'm Lauren Taylor. And we're halfway through already. (laughs) We're halfway through Gross Anatomy. There you go. Today's episode. And then there's a movie about, there's silly comedies about comas and stuff like that, right? There are. Sandra Bullock was in some movie, wasn't she? Oh, yeah. While You're Sleeping. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's cute. I don't remember if I saw it. A little rom-com. Yeah. Were there any others? I don't know. Well, yeah, it sounds like a movie. Yeah. We'll see. It definitely will be a movie. Um, Starring Sandra Bullock. I'll watch anything she's in. Yeah. Today's episode, the latest in diets and nutrition. The latest in <laughs> diets and nutrition. Really, we wanted to talk about uh, the keto diet. The is, keto diet? Is taken That's storm. the cool new thing. Yeah, uh-huh. it is. Uh, right. It's kind of a different version of the Atkins and Paleo, right. and now it's the keto. And I, it sounds very Jedi-like when they it say does. keto. Well, you it to sounds get, like Star Wars. Well, That's the, what it makes me think of. Right, and the diet is meant to push the body into a state of ketos- ketosis. Ketosis? What is that? Uh, Dr. Lauren. where it burns fat or energy. Yeah. But I also learned that it's used by medical professionals to treat seizures. And yeah. And it has been for nearly a century. So we have, you know, our normal state, you know, is we have sh- we take in sugar mm-hmm. and our body, you know, maybe everybody remembers the whole uh, Krebs cycle and, and uh, the whole ATP and, and all of that. And we take sugar and it makes... Um, X number of ATP molecules to give us energy. But in ketosis, you, you don't have your normal sugar metabolism and you're basically burning fats. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's a less, it's actually, I think, a less efficient system for us. But um, the whole premise is, is that you're not storing, you're not taking in sugar, which eventually, which eventually will lead to building fat. You're just breaking down the fats in your system and not building up more fat. Right. And um, people like Halle Berry do it, and uh, she says it keeps her young, and also I guess keeps her. She had diabetes, and now it's kind of gone. Right. She's been doing this diet for a while. I don't totally understand, though. I must confess the difference between Atkins low carbs and the keto diet. The keto diet. Because Atkins is is a low carb diet, no carbs. That was Atkins. 
And I must confess, for this a little while, like, I was an more... Atkinsy guy. You were. Yeah, like, so like back in is... 2000, no, back in the late 90s, mm-hmm. I was kind of Atkinsing. And I lost a lot of weight Atkinsing. This... But I missed tomatoes. Yeah, this, when I was Atkins, you can't eat. I, I guess it is kind of similar to Atkins, but this you can't really eat any fruit. You can't eat. You couldn't any, in Atkins either, really. Any beans? Was that on the Atkins? I don't remember. Um, so I couldn't do it because I'm a right. vegetarian, and right. uh, I would suffer. Right. But you can eat like sour cream, and you can eat like high fat stuff right. that they encourage. Right. But that's at, I think Atkins also allows for high fat. It, Atkins is high fat, high protein. It, Atkins, oh, maybe that's the difference. Atkins was kind of just protein. You mm-hmm. know, protein, 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 tons of protein. Fat is okay if it's a bystander with your protein, but no carbs. Keto sounds very much like it. No carbs. It does. But it's more, I, I think it's more just saying, okay, not protein, fat and protein, fat and protein. I, th- I think... So maybe keto, the the thinking is keto might be more healthy than Atkins because you're not just focusing on only protein because there's a concern with only protein. You might stress your kidneys and and stress your system and you're going to build up um, certain things with with Atkins. I I don't totally know why keto is necessarily better because they both produce... the, The thinking I think with Atkins too was... Also being in a state of ketosis, of, of you know, not, not storing your sugars into making fat and just burning what you have. I, so I, right. I, don't, I, I have to do some research, I guess. That's my well, homework. What I was going to ask you is, uh, are you concerned as a doctor with like the lack of fiber in this diet? Because you work with colorectal surgeons too, yeah. and I would think yeah. like they always say eat fiber. Like Fiber's that's the best good. thing that can keep away, help keep away like right. The problem with fiber cancer. though is it's carbs. I think right is I mean fiber even though yeah fiber is carbohydrates. It's thought to be good carbohydrates, but it's carbohydrates. Right. And, and with the they keto, you really don't do want it. any. You really really want to limit your carbs to be in the and state of chronic your ketosis. Fruit. So I just feel like I don't know. I feel like an. A side effect from it can be constipation, and right. that's not great. No, we don't like constipation. Exactly. We prefer diarrhea to constipation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, for sure. And apparently, yeah, the keto flu is a thing that happens when they start it, like right. cramping, fatigue. You also get a, sor- a certain breath, like a ketotic breath, that believe was, it or not. I saw that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why that would be, but... Um, because the your body is burning off, um, I think acid uh is it lactic acid you're breaking down uh god i should have done my homework before this <laughs> i think all diets it seems like you shouldn't go full blown on any of these things maybe take some good elements of it eat yes. less work out more I, I think that yeah there was one workout guy who stresses that mm-hmm. like and and when i see and and i think we talked about it that over the last couple of years i've been trying to lose weight and get into better shape and everybody's saying to me oh what are you doing what are you doing and that's exactly what i've told everybody is that i'm eating less and i'm moving more that's how you lose weight that's how you've always i mean that's how people have always lost weight but now they're into diet fads yeah yeah and um yeah so the the keto diet you know normally um carbohydrates are converted into glucose right and glucose um, is the fuel that then, if you have too much glucose, will turn into fat. Um, 
And with all these celebrity diets, it's always easy to be a celebrity because they have nutritionists, I'm sure, watching them. Right. They do. They have nutritionists watching them, and a lot of the celebrities have time to work out all day with a trainer. Well, it was also in the news. um, Which is no fair. Right, exactly. Beyonce, I guess she has a new video on Netflix called Homecoming, and it's about her whole performance at Coachella. And in the video, she's like showing what she's eating, and she narrates, she says, In order for me to meet my goal, I'm limiting myself to no bread, no carbs, no sugar, no dairy, no meat, no fish, no alcohol, and I'm hungry. Right. it's like, and she just had a baby, and so a lot of... uh, Doctors and nutritionists were coming online commenting about this thing. That that's not the way to go. You shouldn't do that. But I'm sure she had people watching her. Oh, yeah. And, like, making sure. Or maybe she did. But I don't even know what or that means. Like, did. what did she possibly eat? My friends and I used to joke around when we'd be trying to lose weight. We're going to be like, just gum. <laughs> <You> <laughs> maybe mean... water and just. No, it was a joke. We yeah, weren't right, serious. Right, right. We're like, just gum, maybe water. I can't Maybe. imagine how unbearable she was to be around, though. Because yeah. when you get that hungry, I yeah. mean, your mood You get hangry. Change. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. my daughter gets hangry. Oh, yeah, I shouldn't have said I that. She's going to get angry at me. No. Um, no one knows which one. Nobody knows. Although I do think, um, and I think we talked about it a little bit, I do think that we Americans and everybody in the world eat way too much I animal and too much animal products. Mm-hmm. And I do believe... I don't think we have to be pure vegans. I don't think anybody needs to be 100% anything, although that's great if you are. But I do think we need to significantly lower our animal intake significantly. Um, And there's that documentary, What the Health? Did you watch it? I didn't. You never watched What the Health? Mm -mm. You've heard me talk about it, though. It's talking about becoming a vegan. So I, I watched it. It's very entertaining. Okay. And, it's, and it's also, there's not a lot of science to it, but there's some science. It's a documentary about why it makes sense being a vegan. Um, it's very compelling. But the guy in it says, he says, I'm a vegan. I'm a pure 100% vegan. And he goes, the reality is it's probably okay if from time to time I ate animal stuff. I just don't know how much is the right is okay, so I abstain altogether. Um, and, I, and I think having some is okay, but I think um, probably, although I don't know for sure, back in the olden times, um, you know, everybody talks about, oh, we're supposed to eat meat and milk and fish and this and that, because that's what our early ancestors did, and I don't think they did. I think for the most part, they were foragers. Mm. Foragers? Foragers? How do you say it? Foragers. Foragers? <laughs> foragers? Um, Faja. I think uh, for the most part, they ate berries and plants and this and that, and now and then they had a hunt and a kill and a whatever, and that would last well, like the, the village for a little diet, bit. right? It's based on a hunter-gatherer lifestyle. Right, right. Which but apparently... I think the gather. I think it's more about being a gatherer and then occasionally, you know, you have a little bit of something. Right. Yeah. And they're not hunting or gathering themselves, I imagine. Blake Lively does this diet and she She's probably neither hunting nor chef. gathering. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> But, you know, interestingly, I do think that there is something in terms of cancer and health also about being having a low-carbohydrate environment in your body. I do think that cancer and diseases like 
sugar and obesity are bad. And well, that's something you can speak specifically to right. when you see a patient. And you in, tell you tell them about their diet. If you can tell, it's obvious. You're like these. This is what you yeah. need to do. More and more, I've become that weird guy. Um, you know, I don't have any formal training in nutrition or anything. It's just experience and and life and and just learning on but the go. But all doctors ask you that question, like how much you smoke, not eat, all. drink. I feel like. Oh, maybe they're supposed to, but I don't. You know, or maybe not. Maybe you're supposed some... to to get paid, you know, okay. and hit maybe all it's the just points. The insurance forms. Right on the insurance forms. But the reality is, I don't think most doctors talk about nutrition, and most doctors talk about exercise. And more and more over these years, I've. I've made that part of what I do, and it's weird. I'm a surgeon, so and I, and I'm so it, it's kind. Of, I think it's kind of weird, but I think patients appreciate it. And you know, sometimes I'll spend part of the visit, you know, kind of pep talking them about diet and exercise, and really trying to make it. It can't just be like a, a habit. I mean, not a habit. It can't just be like a yeah, I gotta diet go to the you gym do for two months and right. you don't do anymore. It's got to be a lifestyle thing, right? It really has to be. I guess it's a even though it's hard. With all these diets, it's yeah. like, uh, it's not, I guess that's what they say about a lot of them, like even the keto. I guess Halle Berry can do it, but most people can't do this. It's not a sustainable diet. Right, right. And and it's hard, and, and all of this is hard. And even even when you make it part of your lifestyle, you, you know, that's why I think you shouldn't have to be a purist all the time. I think it, it makes it more tolerable, more doable if you say, okay, when I'm on vacation, I'm going to do da-da-da. Or next week on Wednesday, I'm going to do da-da-da. Mm-hmm. Um, then I think it's okay. We've definitely seen a rising incidence of cancer in obesity. And, um, Can you explain that? So are, is it, does that mean that if you're obese, you are more likely to get cancer? Yeah, is I that think something so. that they're saying is yeah, I think so. a fact now? Yeah. Okay. Although, you know, in 10 years from now, we'll, we'll swing the other way. Right. But I, but I do see, you know, the thin, thin, almost to the point of too thin, which I think is bad, but... There tends to be, they thin people do better with illness, you know, for the most part, unless they're malnourished. But but thin people who are nourished do better than fat people who are unfortunately obese people who are nour- who who are ill. Is that basic like body pumping too hard, like those? Well, it's body pumping too hard, and then it's also the fact that infection likes sugar, and. It's a breeding ground, and cancer likes sugar, and it's a breeding ground, unfortunately. I did not know that. Yeah, it okay. is. And, you know, with diabetics, when diabetic sugars go out of control, they tend to be more prone to getting bad, weird, wacky infections and other problems. So we see it in diabetics. Okay. And interestingly, I was just at this thyroid meeting. There was one person who talked about, it was kind of over my head, the topic, and, and boring too, but... She was doing research in the keto diet with thyroid cancer a little bit, showing that there is something to it um, to for cancer also. There's someone doing that with breast cancer too, there's but I didn't want to bring it cancer. up because it's so new that I didn't it's want to new. like say there's yeah. any truth to it when I have no idea. It's new we don't, and nobody knows yet, but, it, but intuitively it seems to make sense for now until, you know, a few more years from now and we're going to find out that you need to be 700 pounds and you're going to live to 3,000. So, I don't know. I know. That's like the oldest person I think was like 120 and they smoked like every day. So right. So, it's like nobody has... Nobody knows. Obviously. I'm jealous of those people. <laughs> obviously, there are general guidelines you should follow, but right. some people are just going to be the outliers. Right. There's always outliers. There's always luck. Gross anatomy. <laughs> Gross anatomy. Gross anatomy. 
Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening to Gross Anatomy. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes so you can check out more episodes on the evolving sights, smells, and sounds of medicine.